We're Kevin and Courtney Gilroy, best friends turned married parents and entrepreneurs who know that health is the first wealth and that while parenthood is the most important job we'll ever have, it's not the only job we'll ever have. Join us and other parent entrepreneurs as we grow our empires while growing our families in the healthiest ways possible for both through smart productivity systems. Parenthood and entrepreneurship aren't mutually exclusive. We're going to have the conversations that help you prioritize, plan, and profit in your organic family. This is the Organic Family CEO Podcast. Parents field questions all day long, from what's for dinner, to where's the other shoe, to are we there yet? I mean, if you haven't been asked for a snack in the last two hours, are you even really a parent? And for business owners, questions abound all day long too, from what's most important to work on next to is this the best use of our time to is it time to automate or hire? The list understandably goes on. So it stands to reason that as a parent entrepreneur, you're fielding your own 6,200 thoughts per day, plus those outsourced to you as a leader in your home and at your work. That's a lot of questions to answer. And so where do you even begin? My friend Jenna Kutcher says it's with one simple question that she answers in her new book titled, How Are You Really? From the book, she writes, it's no surprise we're exhausted. Before we're even fully awake, we start scrolling through everyone else's opinions and ideas and solutions, our news feeds, our Facebook page, our Instagram feeds. We crowdsource our life to push us towards something else, to distract us, to lose those 3 a.m. thoughts in the comforting chaos of the latest craze. We set goals we think we're supposed to, we buy the best-selling planner, we create the resolutions that sound nice to and for everyone else, and we hope for the promise on Monday that it'll all be different. Oh, I love a good call-out. And in today's episode, I want to introduce you to Jenna because if there's anyone to give a good call out, it's her. And I should know because she's called me out personally, but most importantly, Jenna is highly credentialed in this online business space while living aligned with her family-centered values. She's a born and raised Minnesota wife, mom of two little girls, and an entrepreneur with a seven-figure online course business while hosting the number one marketing podcast, The Gold Digger Podcast. She shares the stage with Tony Robbins, Marie Forleo, Ed Milet, Maria Menunos, Dean Graziosi, Mel Robbins, and so many inspiring top-level thought leaders often, and she's doing so with a baby on her hip. If you're a parent entrepreneur desperate for a breath of fresh air and a good friend to grab you by both shoulders and shake you to wake up to your life and start living it, then this conversation with Jenna is for you. Let's get into it. Welcome, Jenna. You are the first official interview on the Organic Family CEO podcast. Oh my gosh, I feel so honored. Thank yeah. you so much. Usually it's just Kevin and I, but I could think of no better leading guest and no better conversation to have than the one that we're about to today, celebrating the birth of your book, baby. How are you really? It's crazy. I feel like I went through having a baby and the book baby at the same time. So I basically call Quinn in the book twins. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. I loved the book. It is such an intentional read. And I think in the time that we're in, in the world, parents need this message. Entrepreneurs need this message. And so especially this community of parent entrepreneurs need this. 
thank you for doing it. And what a breath of fresh air. Mm, Thank you. I'm so glad it feels that way because it feels that way to me too. Good. Well, I want to dive right in because in the book, you talk about the initial vision that you and Drew had for parenthood and how you realized that your vision wasn't aligned with your reality, the logistics of your lives. And to quote, you shared, while our hearts were aligned with the vision of our future, the reality of where we were when the test said pregnant didn't accommodate the opportunity for us to be the kind of parents we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful realization. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the kind of parents you wanted to be, maybe that pancake vision. Yes. What was required for you to shift yeah. from that reality to where you are now? Oh, that's such a good question. So what's even more fascinating is if we go before that, I didn't want to be a mom for a long time. Then it was on my heart and I just like really shifted, which was shocking because it's like, wow, we can change our minds and we can change and grow. What a beautiful reminder for all of us. But the first time that we um, got a positive pregnancy test, I was a full-time wedding photographer and I was in the business of trading time for money. And I was also in the business of denying help, help that I desperately needed as an entrepreneur. And I think a lot of people can find themselves that way. Just like the book feels like my baby, my business was my baby. And it was something that I was white knuckling because I was so worried to kind of release my grip on that control. I just believed a lot of lies around like, no one can love this the way I do. No one can do these things the way I can. And so when I got that first test, I remember we were in Hawaii at a luau and I was predicting my due date. And I, my heart sank because I was like, I'm going to have to cancel on five brides. I'm going to have to give up a significant portion of our income. And like, this isn't going to work. Like, how is this going to work? And Drew was selling wine, my husband, and he was in his busy season where they have blackout. Like you can't take days off. And he was like, maybe I can get a weekend off. And I was like, this is not what we wanted. Like, we pictured like being in nature with our kids and like being at home and reading stories. And like, all of a sudden we're thinking about entering parenthood in this way that felt so frantic and like, felt like, like suffocating. Um, and so it was just fascinating with our experience because we went through two losses and it took us three years to meet our daughter, but the greatest lesson, and I couldn't see it when I was in it because you never can, right? It's so dark and it's so heavy, but now that I'm out of it, I can see that like that waiting season was just as important as what it was that we were waiting for, which was our sweet little daughter and and these Saturday mornings having pancakes as a family. And so it was just a really big wake up call for us. And a lot of times I think those waiting seasons can get wasted because we are so stuck in that grief or like the almost. But for us, it was this time where we were just intentionally like releasing the grip, letting go of that white knuckle life so that we could figure out how to free up our time, which is our currency. And that's how we want to spend our lives with our kids. Mm, That is so good. And I think a lot of people can relate to the seeing that my life isn't lining up logistically with what I'm dreaming for, what I'm waiting for, being frustrated in the waiting and just wanting to get to that finish line. And something ultimately has to give. And often I think that begins with the permission to ask for something more. Yeah, which is often easier said than done. So absolutely talk to me about that, the permission to ask for more that you gave yourself. You know, it's so interesting because when we are ambitious women, a lot of times we lean on tools to hold ourselves back. And what I mean by that is 
we lean on things like gratitude, which is one of the most beautiful practices a person can adopt. But gratitude can like keep us feeling grateful, but it can also keep us feeling stuck. And what I mean by this, and I've recognized this so much, even with my dearest friends, is that if we're having something that feels off or if we're in a place in our life, whether it's career or marriage or motherhood or whatever, that we're struggling, we often share that struggle with apology and then have all the caveats of like, but I'm so lucky because I have 401k or I'm so lucky because I have healthy kids and and. One, I think we all need relationships where we don't have to throw in the caveats where people know we understand that there is privilege and that there is gratitude and that there are all these beautiful things. But also when we feel that nudge or that ping that there might be something different or there might be something more, a lot of times it's easier to ignore it because the second we acknowledge it, the second that we recognize it and even speak it into existence means that we need to do something about it. And I think a lot of us are afraid to even whisper those like deeper desires because we're like, well, crap, now I need to like go out and do something. And I think that's where a lot of people are finding themselves right now. Absolutely. And to speaking, speaking to this audience, yeah. the parents, I feel, have a, another layer of this because oh, not only yes. that you're now called to do something, you've acknowledged that there's something more to do but it's for yourself and that can yes. be selfish. Yes. And now I feel guilty because shouldn't I do more for my kids, more for my partner, more for my home? And you've added on all of these extra to-dos by default of just naming, hey, there's something more in this uh, mirror here for me. Yes. How do you reconcile with the initial pang of guilt that can come with looking at growth? I have it all the time. And I don't know if you, I mean, I hope we can reconcile it. But I also remind myself, there's this part in the book where, where I talk about like integration and blend because a lot of times when I have mom guilt, it's that I'm not incorporating my children into the work or I'm not even allowing them to like see what is happening. Like today, this morning, Coco was up in the middle of the night for two hours. Uh, we're transitioning to a toddler bed, which presents interesting challenges. We should have texted each other. Oh my gosh. And I was like, baby, like mama's got to go to bed. Mama gets to talk to people tomorrow. And she's like, talk about what? And I was like, kind of inviting her to understand like my humanness and my human nature, but also like my intention and inspiration. And so now it's such a fascinating thing, having a toddler that kind of understands more because I get to invite her into this work, whether it's sitting next to me during a team call, you know, attending an event with me and watching me on stage or just literally watching baby shark while I was writing my book in the corner of my screen, you know? And so it is fascinating because I think the guilt comes in when we try to separate things and try to live with like our life in boxes because it's not meant to be that. And so even when it comes to like my marriage with Drew, like if there's something that's going to take me away from my family, how can I either incorporate them into it or communicate why this is so important to me and help them buy into the vision? That shared vision is everything because I think guilt comes in when you're the one carrying the torch and lighting the path on the same way, you know? Yeah, we shoot ourselves in the foot when we make it our responsibility solely to execute this vision. You know, being the CEO does not mean you're solo. You might start your business solo, yes. but when it comes to the family angle, you're not solo. And so now you have a team, of course the buy-in makes sense. And yes. I think the guilt can come from us not acknowledging that 
there is some action steps that we all can take, a bigger conversation that we get to have. And you bring up a good point when you say, um, you know, talking to your spouse, talking to Coco, and that seems like it's part of your natural operating system. But tell me logistically, what does your family operating system look like behind the scenes? And we love specifics. So yes. tell us what happens in a day and a week. Yes. Okay. So last night was Sunday and Drew and I were getting ready for bed. And I was like, okay, let's sit down at the kitchen island. And I'm going to walk you through my schedule this week because he's a stay at home dad, but I'm still nursing our little one. And he's doing like school drop off and pick up and like all those things. And so we really do have to be like a tag team on like, am I going to need to thaw out a bottle or are you available? Like, how are we working this? And so I like sat him down and I was like, I need your full attention. We're going to walk through this together. Um, and so we do a lot of like family planning meetings like that. We also do a lot of habit tracking in my family. And it's just something that I've really adopted recently, especially with the book coming out where I'm like, I want to be energized, not just in my work, but in my family life. And so that requires things like, you know, taking care of myself, taking my vitamins, working out, like all of these things. And so having like a visual guide for us has been really helpful on like, oh, like I haven't done this thing that I have on my list that I want to do this week. How can we do it together? Or how can I take the time that I need to in order to get it done? And I envision once our kids are a little bit older, like having like family meetings once a week where we walk through the schedule and we kind of tag team things. Cause I just feel like when everyone is on the same page, it makes such a difference. Coco is a very deep feeler as a child, like an actual deep feeler. And so her knowing what to expect and her understanding what happens next has been really big for her feeling safe and secure in our day-to-day -day life. And it's also been a really great thing for us as parents to really acknowledge, like it actually does feel good to know what's happening next. And so we're always learning from our children. <laughs> I appreciate that you, that you point that out because I think parents can get so set on, I need to do things in a rigid timeline and sure yes. there are appointments and whatnot, but kids respond so much to routine yes. and having some predictability and Hey, don't we all right. And so for you, in the beginning of your business, it looks totally different than where you are now today with two kids, a thriving marriage. I mean, the Jenna Kutcher in front of us has it all, quote unquote, right? Yes. yes. You're a supported family-centered CEO. Yes. How do you operate your family and business at the same time without sacrificing or feeling like you're sacrificing one or the other? Yeah. You know, it's such a beautiful question because I feel like for so long we've been striving for balance. And I think balance is the wrong thing because if you think about it, balance is like a moment. It's not something that you can continue to maintain. And so when we're trying to achieve balance, it's like you can hit it for a second and then you're off again and you're only going to beat yourself up. And for me, it's all, all about leaning into my values. And like for a long time, one of the reasons why I didn't write a book was because it was like, this is going to take time away from my life. So I had to create pockets of time to make this a worthy, you know, spend of it. Like I look at time as my currency. And so how am I spending my days is how I'm spending my life. And I want to spend my life engaged with the people that I love. And so with the book, a lot of the values, I had to rearrange things that were traditionally done. They wanted me to travel to do my audiobook, And I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to do this from home. So I called our local radio station and recorded in a sound booth with my cousin, who's a DJ who did my audio engineering so that I could be home with my kids. I had to do a photo shoot and they wanted me to go to a studio. And I was like, 
is there a way we can figure out how to do this from home so that I can be with my children and they can be a part of this instead of me going off and doing my work? We recently went on a trip and brought the kids along and it was honestly like one of the best vacations, even though I was working. And so for me, it's like figuring out how can we incorporate this in a way that doesn't take me out of my life, but keeps me in the life that I want while doing the work that I love. And that's been like a challenge, but it's been something that it's like, I got to step up to the plate because if I'm going to talk about these things, I got to be living them. And I'm such an alignment freak of like, I will not say one thing and do another. And so it's been such a good challenge for me to really think outside of the box and to really propose different ways of doing things that maybe traditionally haven't been done that way, but that can invite in a whole extra aspect. And I can tell you that you can hear the happiness in my voice or see it in my face in those instances that I do that because I am living in alignment. It's like the pregnancy glow all over. You can tell when someone is living according to their values. Really good. That's incredible. And that leads me beautifully into my next question. It's almost like you knew. What does living organically mean to you? It means living a life that feels good and doesn't look good. If we think about like organic food, all the food looks the same, right? On the outside, you can't tell the difference between an organic apple and a not organic apple. However, it's going to make you feel different, right? And I just feel like so often success is pointed at the things that look shiny. It's, you know, it's those vision boards, it's the Pinterest pins, it's the Instagram posts. But to me, it's a feeling. And Coco often catches me crying happy tears and she just smiles because it's like I'm living my dream and it's not the kind of dream that I'm going to look back 10 years from now and be like, I missed it. I'm so awake to it that it feels so good. And that's what I want people to do is to redefine success. You said having it all. And it's like, you have to decide what it all is because our life is actually really simple when we boil it down, but it feels so good. And because it feels good to me, that's like having it all. Mm. That less is more. Yes. Always, always. Well, Jenna, you are the ultimate organic family CEO. I could not be more excited to celebrate the inevitable success that this book will be and the impact that it's going to have. What a change maker. Thank you for sharing your personal behind the scenes with us. Courtney, thank you so much for letting me be your first guest. I feel so honored and thank you for doing the work that you do. Your audience is so blessed to have you and to be able to speak into this. I wish that a decade ago people were talking about these topics because I think it would have saved me a lot of heartbreak. It probably would have saved me a lot of chapters of that book. Um, but at the same point too, I'm just grateful that this is something that is being shared about because I think that more people want it all, but they don't even know what that could look like. So the work that you do really matters. And I'm just so grateful to have been a part of it. Thank you so much, Jenna. Now organic family CEOs, it's your turn to answer the question. How are you really? If you're not so sure, or if the real answer to that question is anything less than as Jenna says, feeling good then your next step is to head to howareyoureallybook.com, grab yourself a copy of this book and work your way through Jenna's guidance and her journal prompts for determining your next best steps toward living a life that you love, really, really love. 
anyone who promotes this episode and tags both Organic Family CEO and Jenna Kutcher on Instagram gets entered to win the book and our Organic Family Operating System, the digital system for managing your family-centered CEO life like Jenna's habit tracking, totally for free. So screenshot, share, and tag both of us, Organic Family CEO and Jenna Kutcher, so that you can move forward with that feel-good simplicity starting right now. We'll be waiting for you. And until next time, Organic Family CEOs, thank you so much for listening.